0: It's all things considered on HPR, and I'm Dave Lawrence with the latest guest on Off the Road. Hear everyone we've spoken with and find links to subscribe to the podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road. Today it's a returning guest we've had on the show for over a decade now with us, music legend Taj Mahal, and joining us today from his home in Berkeley, California. A huge aloha, mahalo, welcome back, Taj. Hey.
1: Eh. Big
0: Good to hear you. Good to see you. And uh, you were among, you know, our last guests that we had right before the pandemic, early March 2020, when you played the Blue Note Hawaii. That had to be one of your last shows before the thing. Yeah, it
1: was the last show.
0: Was it really? <laughs>
1: yep, the absolute last show before the, COVID, before the pandemic, before it was on lockdown.
0: And where did you go after that show in Hawaii?
1: Back to California, and then that's where I stayed, and that's where I am right now.
0: How has this thing impacted your life professionally and personally, if you're to think about it?
1: Well, the thing about it, it was a welcome (laughs) respite from traveling. I've been on the road for 60 years. It was really good for me to kind of have some downtime, time that I had to come to grips with. Things may change and times may get tough, tougher. And uh, hey, we didn't get put here to, to handle more than we can handle. So it was really good for me. I was able to really, you know, do a lot of personal things, get a lot of business done. But most of all, I really took time for myself. Think about things, connect with my family deeper, lose quite a bit of weight, which was good. (laughs) You know, just get healthier. People
0: like yourself, you have so many musical connections. And and so there have been certain musical luminaries that we lost to the virus. I'm thinking of like Toots Hibbert, the great Manu de Bango, Ellis Marsalis, John Prine. Were there certain ways that you were touched or by any of the losses I just mentioned?
1: Well, all of them. They're fellow, fellow humans and fellow musicians. And, you know, it's like you got to figure it out. Is that maybe taking leave of this place is good for them? They don't have to put up with it. <laughs> The other way around, we're just sad because, you know, there's somebody you really love that's no longer amongst us in the human flesh form. But everybody's got to make that walk on their own. You know, you knew this ship was sailing to Shanghai when you got on it. (laughs) You know, so it's like it's what you do. You know, what are you going to do when you're here with it?
0: You're a critical figure yourself in Americana, and uh, there's been this huge, not only has the virus impacted us since you and I last connected, but the killing of George Floyd, so many other African-Americans, it's had such a tremendous impact on our culture, the kind of dialogue that's happening now, and are there ways you've been moved by what's taken place since you and I last talked?
1: Well, that's a, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, the George, the George Floyd thing, you know, Black Lives Matter... Human lives matter. Everybody matters. We need a wake-up call. 90% of us need to wake up You know, come up out of our sleep. And that's what those things did. I don't know whether people are going to stay awake, but I think that more people are more aware now about what really goes on. For me, I think the biggest thing I hope happens is that not only do Anglo-Americans read about Black Americans and Black Americans read about Anglo-Americans, but people read and dig and check out history and culture. Most people in the United States, if you ask them questions about the United States, they don't really know anything about this place, you know, except the typical kinds of things. You know, it's just like when you talk about Hawaii to people, They have an idea that there's an island out there and they run around in grass skirts and (laughs) coconut bras and play ukulele. I mean, the way that this thing has been set up, this construct is, it's always taking something and instead of having the ability to look at the whole picture, it's always squeezing it down to some kind of little saying, you know, euphemism. And life isn't lived like that. That's why so many people are, depressed and feel suppressed and anguished because they don't really understand it's connecting to the whole. And when you're dealing with these kinds of problems that we've seen pop up amongst people, it's on their level of education. You know, and I don't mean going to some school. You know, basically I learned to read, write, count, and I've educated myself. I'm not going to college for the stuff that I know with the exception of studying um, you know, agriculture at one point. And I only did that because I thought, well, maybe checking it out at a university might be interesting because I'm always one for going to the sources mm. and learning from the sources. Mouth. You know, people I say the horse's mouth. I say the sources. Mouth. <laughs> you know, and it's important. But people need to wake up. You know what? It's like study it. Dr. Leakey said, as far as we know at this particular point, I'm saying what science says. I'm not saying what I said. Everybody came out of Africa and over millions of years developed into the people that we are now. Okay, you can trace anybody's DNA. At some point, it's going to point back there. Okay, so that's science. The way the Earth is that crocodiles and elephants do not begets crocophants. Okay, <laughs> okay, but a Chinese man and an African woman. Is going to make a baby, okay? Great point. And the baby's going to have highlights from both parents. And people need to get over this kind of stupidity. There's a higher vibration. And I think that part of the reason that we have the kinds of things that we have is that we've gone through the first 250 years of this country. The next 150 years of this country, the Industrial Revolution, all of these things have been coming one thing after another. Boom, 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 boom. People have not had a chance to stop and say, okay, What do I really think and who am I and who are these other people over here and how do I deal with them? And they push humanity to the side, humility, compassion, you know, just plain old love for the human family. Remember, you know, over the last say 150 years with the Industrial Revolution, people have had jobs. They've been every day, bang, clank, bang, clank, bang, clank, eight hours. You know, then they go home, you know, and then it's the weekend that they work. Well, those guys haven't had the time to really sit and read and learn and educate themselves. So what do they do? Click. They turn on the tube and whatever the tube's telling them, they believe. So you have a lot of you have a lot of people that are uneducated, and we have a lot of systems here that have been in place for a long time, and they need more than a facelift. And uh, yeah, you know, I saw a lot of stuff, and I'm I'm not going to say oh i'm embarrassed for my country these guys showed up just like they've always showed up this is nothing new and for people to say oh my god i didn't know it was that bad you're asleep in your life you need to wake up you know and understand that it's on each individual to create the beauty around them and not on the other guy
0: That's some really heavy stuff, and you use two great words: humility and compassion.
1: It's like everybody worries about all these people coming across the border. I'm saying, well, why don't we just go down there and help them stay home?
0: Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, give them some reason to stay home. They'd be glad to stay home. Who wants to be in a city, you know, that's choked with smog when you can live somewhere where you got toucans and macaws and spoonbill irises? When (laughs) you know. Well, and all everything else.
0: When when you said that, uh, and and both both the references to the beautiful birds, and also when you said the humility and compassion, what was it that made you move here to begin with, and make your life? You know, you were a one time resident of Kauai. Talk about what it was that drew you to being here.
1: Um, I grew tired of uh, what was happening on here in in urban America. My family was here on the west coast with me, I had young impressionable kids. And I was watching a lot of people lose their children to the streets. So over the years, you know, I uh, had come to Hawaii and I kept trying to find out where was that sound that I had heard back in the early 50s and couldn't find it. But then eventually when I come there, people won't always say to me, you should come to the outer islands. You'd really enjoy it. You know, Molokai, Lanai, Maui. Go Big Island, Kauai. You know, eventually I went there and it was such a wonderful vibe that we decided to move there and it was real good. You know, it had its issues. I had some issues with it still do. But the beauty, the music, the sea, the food, the people. The birds. Yep, the birds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Taj Mahal and tomorrow we'll conclude the conversation. Find this in all the off-the-road interviews, as well as links to subscribe to the podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off-the-road. I'm Dave Lawrence.